And welcome to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am KK the Human. And I'm Laura, also the human. This is Chapter 1.1, Slumber Party Panic, boarded by Adam Muto and Elizabeth Ito. In this episode of Come Along With Me, we learn that breaking royal promises is totally mathematical. Uh, This podcast contains full spoilers for all of Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. Today's episode summary. Princess Bubblegum and Finn attempt to revive dead candy people, but the experiment goes wrong, leading to a full-scale outbreak of zombie plague. Since candy people explode when frightened, Finn swears a royal promise not to tell anyone what's actually happening. Once the zombies are defeated, Finn tells the truth to Jake. Time freezes as the gumball guardians come to punish Finn for breaking a royal promise. To escape death, Finn has to solve a dreaded mathematics question. Two plus two. The answer turns out to be the final digit Bubblegum needs to refine her death-reversing formula. All right, we're here. Hey, okay, our very, very first episode of, um, you know, episode proper of our podcast and of course the first episode of Adventure Time though you probably wouldn't necessarily know it if you just went into it yeah they really just throw you into uh, the Candy Kingdom and uh, Bubblegum and Finn and I guess Jake and Rainicorn too and they're just like good luck (laughs) yeah they're like yeah there's a Candy Kingdom this lady's Bubblegum there's a talking dog and a a giant unicorn that speaks Korean. We're not going to explain any of this. Just figure it out. Uh, what was your favorite part of the episode, Laura? <sighs> that is an absolutely tricky question. Um, I think it might be tree trunks. Get your buns in here, girl. And then you cut away to this tiny, adorable grandma uh, elephant carrying in some sweet buns. <laughs> I like that, too. My favorite is definitely when Starchy is like, I'll just stand here by the mausoleum with my back turned and my defense is lowered. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty good. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think altogether it's that remarkable of an episode. Like, if it wasn't the first one, we would be like, yep, this is a pretty standard um, Adventure Time episode. Um, But, you know, it's kind of nice... In that it's just like th- it sets the tone for the show pretty well. Like obviously there's some season one weirdness, but otherwise it's a pretty good encapsulation of what Adventure Time is. Yeah, agreed. Where it's like uh, we're gonna put some fantasy on top of your fantasy and uh, let it loose and put a twist on it with like the candy people exploding when they flip out. Absolutely. Uh, Though you say, you know, um, fantasy on top of fantasy, but I like that Adventure Time 
occasionally dabbles in science fiction and i don't mean hard science fiction this is the softest science fiction we're talking doctor who levels of this makes zero sense you've just thrown a bunch of words at us um but you know it is really nice that like scene one episode one is establishing princess bubblegum is the science guy yeah that's true that is nice um even if you know her her uh her ultimate formula is, oh, I was missing the, the four digit and now I have reversed death itself. I was too smart to see the answer. <laughs> <sighs> Sometimes you got to wonder if like, obviously listening to this first episode, um, it just seems like she's being, you know, hashtag humble brag about how smart she is compared to Finn, who is many things, but I think not even by the end season would we say that intelligence is his strongest stat no i nor wisdom well well he maybe gets more wise he gets wiser i think we can give him that um but when you also know in the long context which the writers certainly didn't at this point the bubblegum is what a thousand years old um you know she spawned from a hive mind um and has spent all these years perfecting her intelligence it comes out a little less like her being insulting Finn specifically and just being very aware that she's one of the smartest people in existence. Yeah, that's a, a good point. And, you know, she is very confident and that's a, another, like, fun part of a complicated female character since uh, right off the bat, kind of establishing that she's not your average piece of gum. Yeah, which, so I'm going to lay my cards out on the table. Uh, Princess Bubblegum is maybe one of my favorite fi characters in fiction ever. Um, just because, like, I don't think she actually starts off particularly interesting. Like, she starts off, I think, just a parody slash riff on, you know, Princess Peach or Princess Zelda or your other kind of stock princess character. Um, they do a little to mix it up and be like, oh, yeah, but she's smart and capable um but it, it, it's still quite a shallow depiction and then just you know by the end we have this image of this woman who is grappling with her own mortality and protecting her people while you know di you know dangerously sliding into dictatorship and self-hatred and her complicated relationship with romance and doing things for herself and she ultimately comes into this such a flawed, nuanced character, and you you see hints of it in this episode, but you would never believe she would get there by the end. No, and I think the writers wouldn't either, right? I, as we as you said earlier, this is uh, early Adventure Time, and they're sort of I don't know, directionless feels a little too negative, but they're no. I think I know what you mean, but I think directionless is the correct word. Yeah. And um, this is even one of your uh, thoughts, not my own, but the idea that, like, there's no real message, you know? Like, Finn ends the episode deciding uh, breaking the royal promise is awesome because he got to do all that fun stuff, which is, like, kind of uh, different for a children's TV show. Yeah, you know, I, I in preparation for doing this, I was skimming uh, the TV tropes page for Adventure Time, which is very interesting, partly because almost all the tropes actually put in were clearly done in like the first five years of the run, which means, you know, you'll see people speculating on things that later got resolved. Um, but 
in the summary, they describe it as like a children's show slash parody of a children's show. And I think <laughs> this, you know, at the end, it's like, I hope you learn that uh, the, the importance of breaking promises, um, even though like, you know, the, the prom that lesson makes no sense on any level. Like you said, it turned out to be pretty awesome to break promises and also there was no point like it's not like F jake i mean it's not like finn broke it out of any nefarious reasons he's just like yep the it, the reason i kept the promise is now null and void there's no reason i should keep it anymore classic i i really like how um simpsons-esque this episode is where like so there's so many characters who end up having more fleshed out stories that we meet, like uh, Root Beer Guy, Mr. Cupcake, Manfred, Peppermint mm -hmm. Butler, James. They're all in that first episode in the, in the candy foyer, which is also a really great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just sticking candy in front of everything. It's, it's very good. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, OK, so talking about like little things I liked, um, I liked how Finn just flat out gives Jake and Lady Renacorn a seven minutes in heaven um, thing. Uh, I don't know. It just, I know it's not that remarkable, but it does feel like, especially given that it's been a whole 10 years since this episode aired, it was probably kind of pushing the boundaries at the time. Well, and the very first thing we see in all of Adventure Time is Jake and Lady flirting across the a Candy Kingdom, which is like... You know, they're married. Well, they're not married. They, uh, I've always respected the fact that they never actually, you know, they're in a long-term committed relationship, but they either chose not to get married or marriage as... We know marriage as a concept exists because later um, Mr. Pig and Tree Trunks do get married, but they never felt that pressure or need to yeah. formalize it. That's true. That's true. That's really nice. Even with their pups. Oh, man can't wait to get to the pups. we'll get to the pups in like <laughs> six seasons <laughs> so uh have fun sitting here for the next you know 200 episodes for that but now princess bubblegum has cured death in episode one um which is honestly a pretty impressive track record i've got to say yeah which uh you would wonder why they she would need to conquer death if she can just clone them but maybe that's just something that doesn't carry forward from well i mean as that those james ep episodes make very clear the morality and ethics of cloning dead people against their will and you know giving them their old memories back is sketchy I think we can say. Uh, Princess Bubblegum engaging in sketchy morality? <laughs> I know. Uh, hold on to your hats. It's incredibly rare. Um, so maybe, you know, she still does genuinely care for her people, even though most she sees most of them as children, with exceptions like uh, Peppermint Butler, who is on the same level as her in terms of intelligence. Um, and I guess you could also say that that's a, you know, entire show arc of like, her recognizing that um, however they started, the candy people have become a lot more like sophisticated and I guess adult uh, as they've, you know, grown away from her. I mean, that's so. absolutely. I mean, that's the entire plot of um, cinnamon buttons specifically um, who starts incredibly 
dim-witted, I believe the term that people use, are half-baked in a very literal sense. Um, but once she's given, he's given the chance to leave the Candy Kingdom and develop his own relationships, um, he, bec- he comes into his own in the later seasons. That's true. So this is a really, I like that the first place that we visit in Ooh is the Candy Kingdom, because we do spend so much time here, and yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and on the same token, I like that the first thing we see is Bubblegum addressing the issue of death, because that's really at the heart of her character development as well. She's terri- She's She knows she's long-lived, but she's terrified of what will happen if she dies, not because of personal fear of the end, but because she's afraid of what will happen to her people without her to guide them. And I mean, you know, I just so appreciate how much they uh, mined season one and season two for uh, these sort of long-term plot points and character lines because they didn't have to do that, right? They could have just said, ah, season one was was a loss and I mean it's fun and cute but we're ready to, to crack down and be a bit more linear a bit more serious now like with Rebecca Sugar etc but like yeah they they pulled that part of her from episode one and like made it a significant part of her character for the rest of the show yeah there's very little that they said okay let's just uh retcon it let's pretend they never said or did this instead they went back and said okay yes uh Princess Bubblegum does mention her uncle or so on. But how can we do that if we've now established that she's immortal? Like, how do we actually try to work into these throwaway lines from the early season and make them coherent with the rest of the things we establish? Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we've finished kind of the main thrust of, you know, the episode. So we've got a couple kind of quarters. Uh, these are going to be little sections that we'll put in near the tail end of our discussion as they become relevant. Um, but the first one should probably be relevant in every episode, which is, did we find... Did we find the snail? No. <laughs> I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, for people who are not in the know, um, pretty much every episode of Adventure Time uh, has a little waving snail in it. It's hidden somewhere in the background. Um, and in this case, we were not able to scope it out. Um, what is that teenage sentient piece of gum wearing now? Well, she's got a pretty cute lab coat with some nice glasses. She does. Otherwise, I think it's her usual kind of simple pink dress underneath. Yeah, I mean, it is the first episode. Um, It is the first episode. There's some blue-blue-blue linguistics biz in this. Uh, We get our, our original ones. We get mathematical, algebraic, and he also says, slam a cow. Yeah, I love, I love the weird, um, the weird slang terms they come up with on, because some of them make it feel like you've really kind of, uh, advanced in time. Like this is a thousand years in the future and they've come up with their own slang terms. And I love how they're all based off the, like we, in the eighties and nineties, we used radical. So now that's a mathematics term. So now we say algebraic. Algebraic. Um, and then, of course, there are other slang terms, which are clearly because they couldn't swear. So they came up with just nonsense words to get the same feeling across. All right. 
Uh, before we see uh, we see the episode on out, we're going to end every episode with kind of a general media wreck of something that is either directly or tangentially related to the episode. I believe uh, to start us off, we wanted to do a kind of double feature of various boys and their ex media. If you're really enjoying the boys and their sapient dog, who is also their brother of St of Adventure Time. Uh, yes. I am going to say um, season two of Infinity Train. Infinity Train. Season two of Infinity Train. Uh, a metallic girl, her and boy. Her magical stag. How, how does Jesse, the normal boy, fit into this? Um, I think he's just another dog, honestly. <laughs> Oof. Ouch. That's harsh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I say that with love. I say that with love. But watch Infinity Train, it's incredible it's absolutely fantastic a very uh worthy uh sh you know i'd say worthy successor of um of adventure train of, of adventure time uh but it's not really it's more if anything it's a successor to over the garden wall which might be another wreck someday certainly what what about you laura what's your favorite um, boy in his blank media how to Train Your Dragon, the movie trilogy. Um, I love dragons. And as far as, you know, a young boy bonding with a majestic creature, you really can't uh, top that one. Great. Well, uh, thank you for joining KK and Laura the humans on Come Along With Me. You can email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three, and Instagram and Tumblr at Adventure Time Pod. Now, come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant lands. Bye. Bye.